Welcome to the 2019 Prima podcast series. My name is Shonda Ragland. I am the Director of Education and Training at Prima. On this Prima podcast, Rick Phillips will discuss cyberbullying prevention. Rick Phillips is the founder and former Executive Director of Community Matters. Community Matters is a nonprofit organization whose mission is to equip, empower, and engage students and adults to create schools and communities that are welcoming, safe, and inclusive. We will also be joined by Taekwon Gilbert, a member of Prima's education and training team. Taekwon will moderate the discussion. Enjoy the podcast. Rick, thank you for being a part of Prima's podcast series. Thank you. So we've seen such an increase in cyberbullying over the last five years. What do you think some of the root causes of this increase are? It's a great starting question and one that's rather complicated, so let's see if we can unpack it. I think there are multiple reasons we've seen an increase in cyberbullying in the last several years. One is the multiple platforms available to young people in social media. I believe, and research tells us, that those platforms can embolden young people to perceive they have the freedom to be mean-spirited or exhibit mean behavior to other people and not fearful of accountability. And I think that emboldened behavior has led to an increase where we've seen cyberbullying doubling in the past 10 years. So that's a concern. We also have to recognize that every child who was born after 1995, who's no longer a child, they have been raised in a new period of time. Not unlike living through the Middle Ages or the Renaissance or the Industrial Revolution, these young people have been born into a world far different than the world that you and I and many others were born into. They are digital natives. They spend as much as nine hours, I want to emphasize that, nine hours a day in their mobile instruments, not including schoolwork nine hours a day. So we're raising a generation of young people who live through technology, and that very medium has increased the access and opportunity for kids to use it for good, but unfortunately, many of them are using it for bad. As a culture, what do you think we've done to date to address this growing epidemic? I think we've seen schools and educators wanting to educate families young people, and even the staff of schools into what electronic aggression or sometimes cyberbullying is. We've also seen that there have been increasing firewalls and technology that has been developed to combat cyberbullying. We've also seen an increase in apps for reporting electronic aggression and other forms of bullying using Stop It and other technologies. And also we've seen an increase in laws, meaning legislation and policies that have strengthened schools and the system's ability to confront aggressors who commit these behaviors of cyberbullying. So we've seen both an increase in education, technology, and some legal measures to try to combat this growing epidemic. So if our responses haven't been effective, what do you think would work? I think that's the the question, isn't it, is we've tried to legislate the problem away. We've tried to use technology. We've tried even some forms of education. 
but they've not been completely effective or we wouldn't be seeing an increase in the number of incidents of electronic aggression slash cyberbullying. So what I think we need to do is to continue to do the education, the technology, and have laws and policies, but we've got to drill down to be more specific and more effective. And what that would look like is increasing education, education at all levels, meaning helping families understand what they can do at home, hosting electronic workshops, uh, hosting trainings at schools, encouraging the school district to provide more training for students in the responsible behavior of a digital citizen. Schools are taking the problem more seriously, but they are underutilizing the most effective tool we have to combat cyberbullying is young people themselves. See, schools emphasize so much the academic side of the equation and minimize the social-emotional learning of young people that we've seen a decrease in empathy in teenagers, we've seen an increase in bystanderism, and what needs to happen is we need to wake up the courage of young people who are on the front lines and often the first to know about these incidents before they ever get sent. So education, prevention, family training, and working with the schools to see young people in a different way, not so much as the problem, but seeing young people as the solution. Those are the ways that we can begin to reduce the number of incidents and change the cultural norms that make it okay to do these kinds of things. Thanks for tuning in to this Prima podcast. I would like to take a moment and invite you to Prima's 2019 annual conference, June 9th through 12th, in Orlando, Florida. Here are some words from Prima's Meetings Director, Monique Gilliam, regarding Prima's 2019 Annual Conference. If you haven't heard, Prima's exhibit booth sales are now open. We are over 50% to capacity and space is filling up fast, so reserve your spot today by visiting www.primacentral.org and clicking the Annual Conference tab. We'll see you in Orlando. To learn more about Prima's 2019 Annual Conference, visit primacentral.org. How can we engage students? How can they make a difference? I think that's another very critical question, is how do we enroll young people in perceiving and believing it's their responsibility to say something when they see something or know something? How do we do that? Well, that's something we've been doing at Community Matters for years, is understanding first by tapping into what's important to young people. Let's be clear. If we want to engage young people to take action, to report things, to confront their friends when their friends are going to do something in the electronic world that's mean-spirited. We've got to empower young people. We've got to bring them to the table and listen to their ideas. We have to provide meaningful opportunities for students and schools to participate in decision-making and problem-solving with adults. Now, let's be clear. Young people, students, particularly adolescents, are driven by three primary developmental needs. They have a hunger and a need for purpose, like we all do in our lives. They have a hunger and a need for power, and they have a hunger and a need for place. We call them the three Ps. And our experience, and my experience, is if we don't provide pro-social ways for young people to feel 
purposeful, powerful, or connected to a positive place, they will find high-risk behaviors and do antisocial behaviors to, to meet those needs. So knowing that kids are driven by purpose, power, and place, we can tap into that. And then in the schools, we can identify. We can identify the social leaders of the different substratas, sometimes called cliques in schools. You know, those kids in the schools that have high social capital with their peers, because those young people are in a position to influence their friends. And if we can recruit those young leaders, give them some training and information as well as tools for how to communicate safely and effectively, we have seen that young people will speak up, step up, report things. They won't perceive reporting as snitching if they perceive themselves as having a vital role in the school. So cycling back to the question, if we're going to see students as an effective response to reducing the growing epidemic of cyberbullying, we have to have a strategy for identifying social leaders, training them, and making sure schools believe that young people are not just consumers, they're contributors. When we do that, we will begin to slowly over time change the social norms, making it cooler to be kind and cooler to speak up than cooler to ignore and to be cruel. As an expert in your field, is there anything else you would like to say in closing? I can't think of a more important issue in our lives than to wake up the courage of our children and help them find their voice. Not only does it help to address the issue of cyberbullying and electronic aggression, but it begins to develop an ethic in our children of service and giving back to the schools, to their communities. We build the character of young people when we empower them. Let's be clear. We cannot legislate the problem away. We can't. It doesn't work. We can't punish it away. We've tried, and we can't ignore it. So what can we do? We can call upon our own courage and the courage of young people and see them as contributors, not only consumers, and give them the tools and the voice to help us interrupt, de-escalate, and stop the cyberbullying before it ever gets to a site. And we can educate our families. We can reach out to parents and family members to help them understand how to communicate more effectively with their children about the moral responsibilities. And we can begin to emphasize kindness and speaking up as primary drivers in our public schools. We cannot create a safe world through security alone. We cannot create a safe world through punishment. We create a safer world by engaging in dialogue in educating our children, in empowering our young people to be citizens and change agents. When we do that, we begin to shift the social norms and we change behavior over time by working upstream and in investing in prevention, in education, and in youth empowerment. We will go a long way to seeing significant improvements in this area within three to five years. We have reached the end of our podcast. Thanks so much, Rick and Taekwon. Please visit the Prima website to listen to other Prima podcasts, join upcoming Prima webinars, read Prima blogs, and learn about additional Prima educational resources. Be sure to check us out on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and our very own Prima Talk. Have a wonderful day.